This is Tim Kittra from NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, and Mutant Football League saying you're watching video game bullshit. <laughs> Kaboom! This is Master Daniel Piscina. Get over here to video game bullshit. Welcome to episode 135 of Video Game Bullshit. <laughs> Man, it's been another um, crazy week, but I'm on a four-day weekend, which has been nice, Tristan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on a perpetual weekend, so I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> freaking crazy man yeah it's um it's been a it's been a week um wasn't super crazy during the week and i actually did an nco call on uh thursday evening i don't know if you've done an nco call but yeah so when i hear nco call it's either one of two things it's mandated by uh by the higher ups because something happened or it's just the you know like it's been a while, so let's let's get on the same page. No, so it's the third thing. Drinking. Oh. Okay. <laughs> An NCO call in the military is when all the NCOs, non-commissioned officers, get together and we don't do anything to do with work and we just shoot the shit. And we. Drink. Man, your NCO calls are way different than ours. Yeah, yours sounds like what you call uh, an NCO professional development, NCOPD, where you get together and do professional development and do training. Uh, that is not an NCO call. An NCO call is a traditional military DOD thing that um, is historic. And it sounds like y'all were, were crossing the street. Well, yeah, so like they in, in my uh, last squadron, the uh, 645th AESS, the uh, Aeronautical System Squadron, um, it sounds like ass, but it's A-E-S-S, not A-S-S. So your ass yes. squadron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 645th ass. Um, we actually had like a kegerator in our uh, break room. So like after commander's calls and stuff like that, because we were like a really small, tight-knit uh, little squadron. Um, in, in the Air Force, it's called a green door job. So it, was, it wasn't even like on an Air Force base. It was at like a... Uh, Defense Contractor Depot, where the aircraft were actually built and engineered. But yeah, like uh, every once in a while after those like commander's calls, people would stick around, shoot the shit, and have a drink or two. See, y'all do it more often than us. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ours is like a once a quarter thing you're supposed to do an NCO call. Um, and we have been so busy, we haven't gotten around to one in a couple quarters. So, like, I was like, mm-hmm. I am absolutely doing one. Lead up to a four day weekend, definitely gotta gotta do an NCO yeah. call. And it was fun. It was fun. Um, the irony was is that I went to a couple of change of responsibilities as well on Thursday, mm-hmm. which is a first sergeant handing over their guide on to, yeah. uh, to another first sergeant. Um, yep. And we then I realized. And I realized that um, I'm probably behind the power curve because one of my battle buddies that's going with me to training in Texas handed theirs over. And I'm like, why am I? I'm still in the seat. Oh, boy. Fun. Um, But, yeah, um, work has been a thing. Um, Tomorrow I'm going to meet with um, an artist. And uh, so I got another because I got tomorrow off, too. And um, I have an interview too, which will be interesting. Interesting to do. Um, 
Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, but like now that this this uh, subject came up of NCO calls, I feel like putting someone on blast. I don't do that often. Let's do it. Yeah, it's fun. See, there's there's zero percent chance she's ever going to hear or listen to this podcast. But in the event that she is, the worst person I've ever worked for. And uh, when I think of NCO calls, she was the one who called the the one that's very memorable to me. It's this uh, senior master sergeant, Cool Knight, Cool Dash Knight, you know, hyphenated name. Okay, worst Sounds person like I've it, ever yeah. worked for like in my entire game. life. Like Shovel yeah. Knight, and you got Pool Knight. Yeah, worst person I've ever worked for in my entire uh, career. Um, uh, I was constantly fighting an uphill battle against her uh, stupidity. Reign um, of tyranny. Yes, it was a very much reign of tyranny. Um, but I was running one shift, and uh, you know, flight line maintenance. Um, you live and die by like metrics, right? Flyability rates and uh, um, uh, just all sorts of rates. So, like, if something takes off late, that's a knock against whatever. And and the the maintenance commander, like the you know O six full bird colonel, is looking at all these rates, and they're never good enough. So uh, I get into an argument with uh, Pool Knight, a uh, heated, heated discussion, we'll call it, not an argument. But um, she made the mistake of asking me one time about, sorry, this is turned into therapy hour. <laughs> but anyway, she asked me one time if there's something that she can do for us. And she happened to be in charge of some personnel who were in charge of like crypto for us. So if, okay. if something went amiss on the plane when we're trying to launch an aircraft, her people, it was her priority to get them to PT instead of supporting the mission. Yeah. So I pointed that out to her. But, of course, she just took a defensive stance and told me that our rates are good enough, Jeff. Our rates are good enough. Gosh darn it. You're just good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so pool night, wherever you are out there, you suck. And we'll just leave it at that. The poolest night of all nights. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Interesting story. That was there. fun. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, NCO calls are, are chill for us. Like no, not together. for us. It, 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 I've never been to an NCO call. <laughs> that, that wasn't like for a reason, like you guys are fucking up or something like that, you know. Yeah, it sounds like you had a lot of toxic leaders. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it was kind yeah. of terrible. That's craziness. Yeah, no, we not had a good time them, Not all of them. We, we had some good leaders, so I, I won't say, you know, everyone. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah we had, a good, had a good time. Um, I digress. Also catching up on uh, Taji 100, so I'm still getting after my 100 miles in the month of February. Um, I'm currently at 80 miles on the 18th of February, so I'm about halfway through the month, and I'm at 80 miles already. Um, So, been running and walking the dog a lot, so Gizmo's been getting lots of walks all around the place. Very nice. He's been... Ooh, got a lot of feedback now. Got loud. (laughs) <laughs> whatever you just moved let me let, let me let me do that is that better i don't know it was just issue. i was okay. like oh <laughs> sorry about that um the other thing that we did um on friday um my wife andrea wanted to go um up to north shore 
And um, we're still dealing with my daughter, like getting into confrontations in school. So um, went around to a couple schools and then um, went to North Shore. And Andrea wanted me to try Giovanni's shrimp truck, which is apparently a legendary best shrimp truck on the island. And whereabouts is is that one? Because. I've been to a shrimp truck that was supposed to be like, yeah, someone recommended to me to go to. Giovanni's doesn't sound familiar, but that may have been the one that I went to. I don't know. Um, so the area they went to, it's in North Shore um, on the way okay. up. And you go into this little parking lot um, and they ask you if you're um, local or not. And I am. So I got to park no. for free. Um, but then there was like nope. four yeah. shrimp trucks there. Uh, Giovanni's is one and have a bunch of like um, graffiti on the truck and everything. And Hmm. yeah, either way though, um, went over there, had, I didn't go spicy. I went to the most popular, which is like a garlic shrimp. It's all shell in though. So you gotta like, you get all messy while you do it, but it was good. It was very garlicky. So you know Um, it's fresh, brother. It was, it was delicious and and garlicky. Um, And it was just funny because we're sitting there on a, on a table and this chicken like, jumps up onto my table and like looks right at me like like right here like right in front of me and i'm like get out of here <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> and then like when you go to throw your trash away there's trash chicken sitting at the top like pecking at your uh your leftovers your rice or whatever you have extra oh shells like those chickens were going crazy it was hilarious have you ever heard of a, an island called diego garcia or maybe been there no okay uh, there are chickens everywhere, kind of like that. They're just attacking you, waiting for you to drop some sort of crumbs. Like it it's was like on, everywhere. I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then we drove a little bit further, and Andrew wanted to try a taco place. It was like surfing, sh- surfing salsa or something, um, which was pretty good. Like I had some, got some chips and salsa there. That's fine. But like, yeah, that's all we did. We <laughs> went to North Shore and ate food, man. It's funny, man. You you've got like all these island adventure stories, and I went to IHOP yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> exotic. <laughs> well, like here, they had to close Outback Steakhouses on island because they're just not making money, and they gave the employees two days' so notice. Crazy dude! They oh just my dropped gosh. it. They just dropped it. I was like, it's crazy. Wow. I think today we're going to the lookout for either lunch or dinner. I don't know. But like the lookout's cool because it's this place called Waikai. <laughs> and um, it's a you can like rent like these on water islands with drinks and you can canoe out to them and paddle boat and, you know, uh, pedal board as well. Um, but Man. the lookout is cool because it literally looks out, but not on the ocean, but on this outdoor enclosed surfing area. That has constant waves, and then people go there and they can practice surfing and shit. And it is wild, like, like crazy stuff. Like I would never try to do that, and I can surf okay. Um, I would never try to do that stuff. That stuff looks yeah, very yeah, intimidating. Yeah. Very intimidating. Um, might go do that today though, because um, it's like you know it's eighty degrees here every day, so we're just gonna go outside. Yeah, so you got warm water. Like I, I grew up in Northern California with like you better have a wetsuit, man, because it's cold and freezing and miserable and overcast and <laughs> well i, I still do have a beach, i do have a wetsuit top though um and mm. that's just for the beatings of the uh the water on you as you're surfing sure. um 
that's because I'm a, a, a weak, um, weak mainlander. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that you can see. Like I wear t-shirts a lot because even here it's like very light on the top. <laughs> oh, I don't want to show you my farmer tan. Well, you're up in Nebraska. So. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm in the Midwest, man. Like, exactly. Freaking craziness, dude. Um, so what, what do you got going on? Anything crazy or what do you got? So but before last week, like yeah. the only travel that I had, like, you know, set in stone was uh, I was going to go to M- uh, Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee in uh, April. Still going to go. Uh, but now, uh, as of this week, I've, I've uh, oh. locked down my travel for um, the Game On Gaming Expo in oh. Phoenix, Arizona. I've never been there before. Who said, who said you were going to that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy. No, uh, but, uh, yeah. Game On is going to be a blast. I've, I've always wanted to go to that show. Um, how many years has that been going on now? Like four or five, maybe, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit more. I was thinking so, but, I was but my first year. gosh, is it a huge show now? Like, well, like, so John Lester runs at Game Study One. Good mm-hmm. dude, known him forever. I've been on his show a lot. We did game talk. Um, but like, he concentrates every year at bringing in like notable names. Like, he'll mm-hmm. have in like the voice of Princess Peach or Mario or Master Chief or <laughs> like, yeah, and, has- and freaking David Haters, so the voice of Solid Snake is going to be there this year. Oh, I'm super yeah. excited about that one. David Haters going to be there. Um, David Wise is going to be there, which mm-hmm. is the musician who worked on Donkey Kong Country and a lot of other Rareware games. Um, yeah. And of course, the Mortal Kombat buddies. That's how I met them the first time. And so like, like John always brings in cool stuff. He goes above and beyond. Um, I know like we're doing a convention exclusive from premium edition games. So we'll be somewhere near the front. I think we got a table for, for you and I to put some books up too. So I got some, some books shipping over. Um, and then I know Josh has to send out all the books that he has too. Cause, um, I don't have like my switch books and I don't have your console collectors field guide. Um, yeah. so Josh and, Sheena need to ship out a a little bit. Apparently, can't ship out a seventy pound box like he did last year to uh, Scott's buddy. A seventy pound box, dude. And I bet, <laughs> given their track record of what kind of boxes they send out to, it was probably falling apart by the time it got there, dude. A seventy pound box, crazy. Gosh. But um, yeah. But if anybody listening is out in the Phoenix area or wants to go to Game on Expo, it's a great time. We'll be there hanging out. Um, and you know, I always tell everybody, prepare your liver. You don't drink Tristan's to so just prepare your legs. Yeah, prepare exactly. Legs, we're going to be out late at night, hanging and perusing and meeting people, meeting artists, meeting musicians. Mm-hmm. It's every night's a late night, man. And we usually walk the town too. So after the convention, usually we walk from the convention over to Cobra arcade bar. Um, and they have an after party and we all hang out and have a good time too. So it's uh, and awesome. there's food, there's food trucks out there. It's, it's cool shit. Like, cannot wait, man. It's cool. Cannot shit, wait. 
that's, yeah, that's I, usually my biggest recommendation for conventions is a lot of people that like go to conventions a lot. They'll like go to bed early or go disappear to the hotel real fast. And it's like, dude, do all of the things. There are people out there. We're all hanging out. There's an after party, which there is at these like go hang out, go to the hotel um, bar and just shoot the shit with people. Like, yeah. otherwise, if we just go to our room, like I'm just going to do that at home. Like I'm like, why am I going to oh, no, And I totally agree. Like, uh, and, and I really have to fight every one of my like antisocial tendencies whenever I come out. Cause I'm not, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not an introvert either. I, I'm somewhere in the middle, but, um, like, especially whenever we go to these conventions and it's, it's a really long day of standing on the concrete and your feet are just killing you. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to actually just like meet and greet with people and, where you can't really do that because you're concentrating on selling stuff the entire day. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be a blast, a, man. We do have a panel as well. Um, don't know what time mm -hmm. yet. Um, originally, before you were coming out, I was doing the panel with Nintendo, so it might be the three of us now. And we're talking video game preservation, where mm. physical media is evolving to now that physical media is no longer being carried at a Best Buy, a Walmart, Targets, as it moves away from uh, big box retail, and how Premium Edition Games has already been doing it because already predicted it a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it's it's a very interesting piece, um, and Nintendo uh, is one of the programmers, designers, I would say more so of Carl. Um, which is a game that we are publishing physically for the Nintendo Switch mm -hmm. and PlayStation. So um, good dude to have on, and we'll probably be hanging out with Drew as well after convention and yeah. get some food. It's going to be fun times, man. Yeah, I've already got a lot of food uh, recommendations from uh, Eric, who used to live out there, but I'm sure Scott, you know, he's he's got tons of recommendations too. He used to live there. Not exactly. to mention the Gamester is from there, so... It's, we won't have a lack of food or uh, options to, to go and uh, keep our, ourselves occupied. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be getting out um, Wednesday super early. Um, that's when mm -hmm. Scott's getting out there, too. So we're just going to go out there to hang out. Um, load ins Thursday, which for us is super simple. We just get everything in the place. And then we just gotcha. schmooze and chat. And then Friday it starts. So we should it should be a lot easier for us if we pace ourselves yeah the verbo that i ended up getting um the, the the people seem pretty chill just like the the one that we got at portland that one time so i mean i we might even be able to send books to those guys if they're okay with it just huh. so that they're like waiting for us you know um so i already for the ones that are in the warehouse they're already going over to uh scott, scott oh okay his, his well, buddy never mind, um then. But all the other ones, if there's anything else you got to send out, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I got to get some of my console book out. So I just think like us trying to get that stuff to the convention. Yeah, yeah, true story. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have my freaking Pelican cases in tow. So, uh, but still, that that's some heavy, heavy stuff. Yep. Where Where is uh, Scott's buddy near the convention? I take it. Um, I think he's gonna be selling at the convention. Oh, oh, I got you. But I don't know if, if Scott is going to have a vehicle or whatever. I don't know. Freaking yeah. crazy. Enough, but either way, though, Game On's going to be a blast. It's the only convention that I right now have on my schedule this whole year. So if mm -hmm. anybody's been wanting to hang out, get the I Survived Premium Patch. Like, 
that is your way to do it, man. That is your way to do it. Um, because yeah. it is a thing. I survived. Well, actually, I mean, you know, you're going to a second one if I bring a, um, a cardboard cutout or maybe like uh, an iPad with like, you, we could just like FaceTime you like rolling around at MGC if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Come hey. meet with Jeff Wittenhagen. <laughs> it's craziness. If it wasn't like, if it was the next week after game on, oh, I, I would probably just go. But yeah, it's, it's like a month after and like you would have to go two back weeks. to the island and yeah. No, it's like yeah. two weeks and I'm spending a week in Disney. So like if I would have been mm-hmm. spend the week in Disney, I would have flowed right over, but it's yeah. like a week in between and I'm still working. And now if I get to do my change of responsibility early, maybe I'll just say F it and go out. Or, or let's see, you spend your week in Disney and then you come out to Nebraska and then you drive up to MGC with me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if what I, you, what would possess you to spend a week in Nebraska, but <laughs> partying. I don't know. No, I mean, in reality, I would do that if I can do my change of responsibility before mm-hmm. um, before game on, which is a possibility, yeah. which means I won't be the first start anymore, which means then I can take a couple weeks of leave. I have user-lose leave. I have like 20 days user-lose, which means that's beyond. I haven't taken any leave in the last you year. You crazy so. people with user-lose leave. I, I never once in my career had user-lose. Like I think I came close to having it. But I never like went over that threshold. I, I like time off way too much. Yeah, I, I mean, once I've been in charge, it's I've yeah, that, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, when, when you're in charge, you just have no choice sometimes, and that's just can't be can't really. Aff- well, it's 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 the leave tax is what I call it. So if I go on leave, mm-hmm. I have to put in late nights when I get back as leave because I saw certain stuff inherently won't get done or I that I only do. So then I got to put in extra hours because I took time off. So usually it's easier for me to just work um, and. I will take. I would take off time though if Andrea wanted to yeah. do something. Like I would for sure. But like, really, uh, she's been in between working and not working or doing other stuff. So she just and doesn't want to go out all the time. So we just go out on weekends. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're yeah. in paradise. Like we can always hang out. <laughs> like true story. It's, it's not. And the thing. Is, like, the other thing. Hey, is, let's go on vacation. Oh, wait a second. Let's just step outside. We're in freaking Hawaii. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is that like, I also enjoy the military. So that's why I stayed in. I wouldn't have stayed mm-hmm. in if I didn't like it. So like, it's sure. also like, it's not like it's, you know, hurts me to, to work. <laughs> like It's easy. I'm like close to retirement at this point, which would be nice to do. But you know, it's not hard either for mm-hmm. me because I, I get it. I know what I'm doing <laughs> most of the time. Most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff though, man. Dude. So um so is there anything in the freaking news right now? Because it's I gotta- been a really slow week as far as I know. I mean there were a couple things like last week that we didn't mention like the Final Fantasy seven uh rebirth um like state of play thing that PlayStation mm. put on. But other than that, like Xbox is in the news hugely. Well, like I know with Final Fantasy 7 from last episode we had talked about it, you cannot use your old save. And Yes. Yeah. I found that mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so you that get like sucks. I think if you have the original Final Fantasy 7 remake save, you get a summon. 
Um, and then if you have the interlude, integrate, whatever it is, you get another summon. And so I know I went downstairs. I do not have the the better version, the one that's not for freaking dollars online. I don't have that. So Insane, um man. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I downloaded it or have the DLC though. So that's mm. the one thing I don't know. But I don't have the physical for sure. Um yeah. But either way, though, you get a couple of summons because I think what they they said was is they wanted you to be able to focus on enjoying the game and people can jump right into this game without having to play the original. So, I mean, it's kind of cool that they gave you at least something. They they like extended something to you so that it wasn't a complete waste of time. Not that it yeah. was a waste of time. It was a really good game. But like to to spend like you know dozens upon dozens of hours and then like it doesn't transfer over, that kind of sucks. I I would be hard like there's no way that they didn't look into it. So it must have been like really a difficult thing to to be able to transfer over like what you've previously done. So I can see why. Yeah, especially okay with, with gener especially with generations. <clears throat> um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see where you start at too, because um, I do like I, I spent a lot of time just like doing all the things in the original before the DLC came out. Um, yeah, brother, we are ten, uh, like 10, 11 days away from this this game launch. Where I'm gonna man, I got to get a lot of stuff done. I got I got to get the book done um, with, with your edits, which some, is something some, I was going to mention. Some a hole. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so there, there's a devil on my shoulder, me saying you've, you've done enough and I, I'm, I'm ready to be done with this book. And then there's the Jeff Skynet. on my shoulder. I said, I sent yeah, you, um, I sent you Skynet. I literally, I literally typed in, should Tristan finish his books? And what it's, I, I got to read this. I got to read this. Cause this is what Skynet sent us. And it was hilarious. Cause I'm like, Hey, what do you want to do? You're like, damn it. This <laughs> says, um, this is this is whether Tristan should not do the all the edits that I there there were hundreds of edits. Um, yeah. He said, mm -hmm. certainly that's one perspective. However, considering the significant <laughs> investment of years in creating these books, it's strongly advisable to allocate a bit more time to ensure the cleanliness and quality of all the images in your book. This attention to detail is crucial to present your work in the best possible light and maintain a high standard of professionalism. Skynet has spoken. Jeff, you know what sucks about that that uh, that AI generated um, response? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, no, it's dude. You you're a good enough writer that, that you could have written that. So I was convinced that you wrote that. I'm like, oh, I'm ashamed now. <laughs> like, uh, that's funny, man. Certainly, that's one perspective, Tristan. That's hilarious. I just wanted to see what Skynet said, and it was, that like, was Skynet agrees. Skynet agrees. It was good. It was good. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I can't argue with that. Yeah, there's no yeah. way you can argue with that unless you're a lazy person, and I'm not a lazy person. So. <laughs> it's just like well, admitting defeat. So, and then the other, the other piece was, and I wanted to do it live. Is there is one more scope creep 
thing we can do with the book. Oh, no, give you, you never anxiety. even mentioned I that. Tell you. Oh, I didn't tell what was you. it? What was um, it? This is something I learned year one editing. And it's okay. what my the original book printer would send me is, oh, all these images are low resolution. I'm like, how the hell are you doing this? Are you, because they're not going line by line looking at the imagery. Um, and why I go line by line is because I would rather see what is usable and what is what needs to be updated. When I'm talking like updating imagery, it's more so anything that might have looked like it has artifacting, which could also be yeah. the way that the book was saved. It might have mislinked an image, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what you can do is you can go into the properties of the layers where all of the links are and you can sort it by size. And then you can see all the sizes that look like tiny amounts of kilobytes that need to be replaced that aren't high resolution enough in the current DPI that you need. Yeah, it is a damn nightmare. And you got to go one by one. And when you have thousands and thousands of images per book, 22,000 images across four books, you would have to, it would be, it would probably be close to a thousand images that might not meet that threshold of DPI. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah, you could sort by DPI, man. It, it's it's <sighs> ridiculous. And some of this stuff in your book, Tristan, it's the only image that exists. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I took your advice and I put that disclaimer at the beginning in my forward, saying yeah. that uh, like we, we get all we could to find the best images we could, and sometimes yeah. it's just not good, you know, whatever. But my 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 ultimate like. F you if you don't like my book is like um, <laughs> not not going that far. But I said, you know, if if you're not satisfied with my work, then by all means, make a better one. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. It's funny, though. Yeah. Oh, God. But, uh, that's always the classic, though. But yeah, so you went off on a um, so you got to do that and. We were, I got to uh, do that, and uh, then I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on manuals. Which, oh my gosh, I'm so like I ran with that idea that I had for uh, Anichard instead of doing an art book. And I guess you know, can I just say it here? Like people are going to find out anyway what I did. Um, instead of making an art book, instead of making a, a mini strategy guide or a comic book like we typically do with uh, our retro releases. Um, Anichard has a cooking component inside of the game where you like cook food based on ingredients. And then it gives you like stat boosts and stuff like that for whenever you go into the dungeons. Um, I made a cookbook based on, uh, all of the recipes, all 17 recipes that are in the game. So you can actually cook, uh, step-by-step instructions with all of the ingredients, everything, and now, um, now, when he pitched that to me, I thought, oh, cool, it's going to be a how to do it in the game. Oh, no, this is how to cook in real life. Yes. How to make the stuff this in is the a game. cookbook. In real life. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous, man. Like, hilarious. It turned out really good. I mean, it looks like freaking Betty Crockers or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. And all that you have to get done before Final Fantasy VII comes out. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that, that's that's, that's the hope. Scaling um, back to the the the. I got the cookbook done, but uh, yeah, I've still got to finish up Anichard's um, manual and then a, a couple other things. So nice. uh, I'm still on pace. I I like you. Like if if it's fun and I'm focused, then I work fast. 
Um, it's and whenever pop, it becomes. I pop around between my three projects. So like, yeah. like, um, cause my three book projects is switch year three, complete Genesis and Metroidvania mm-hmm. two, um, Metroidvania two, I actually finished a whole section of, uh, templating out all of the, um, reviews I've written. So I write the reviews and then I, I make sure it flows good and looks cool on yeah. the layout. Um, also I, I do have something really cool to show off. Really, Uh-oh. really fucking cool to show off. The mock-up of the next cover. Check this out. So this oh, is Metroidvania sick, Volume 2. Uh, obviously, Sophia from Blaster Master Zero. Yeah, exactly. Point. Two of the orbs from Time Spinner. Um, Cannon from Zero Mission. And then you got yes. a classic sword, which that sword is Hyper Light Drifter, actually. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the Hyper Light Drifter sword, which goes Man, into the... That's cool looking. Yep. So I'm, who, I'm, who uh, did that artwork on that one? Um, same as the first one, Nick Huddleston um did okay. the, the first volume one. Um, as long as he's available, I'd like him to do the um, and he likes to do these art pieces, so I would like mm-hmm. him to do the pieces. And then I should have a um mock up um from Thor for the slipcase too. Um, as I finish these up, because I'm gonna lay out all the stuff and then I'm gonna go to Kickstarter with it. Um, which is crazy. But yeah, so that is yeah, that dude. is the that see people that watch us on YouTube get to see what the art looks like, um, which is pretty cool. And that's a little preview. That's first. I just got that yesterday. Um, yeah, and it looks that's awesome, bad, dude. dude. Um, yeah, so it's gonna have a theme for each bookazine that we're doing for the Metroidvanias. Um, and then um, I am still working on the retail sections right now for Switch. Um, no, no, I, I've pivoted over to the Japanese-only games, which um, I don't know if I'm going to do the Japanese non-English games going forward in future years. I might or I might not. I'll have to th- think about it, because it, it was a stretch goal for year one, and I kept it going. Yeah, and so how many in, in year one, how many, um, or did you do all of them that were like uh, English-friendly or whatever? No, all the English-friendly are in there. The yeah. stretch goal was to do all the non-English friendly in a separate. Oh, non-English friendly to cover okay. every game released. Um, yeah, and it gets year three is a lot, a lot That's of very games. Um, four or five, year four or five might be unattainable. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, basically, I'll probably make it a after year three when I do the Kickstarter uh, backer survey, I'll ask a survey and be like, do I maintain this? It's going to add, it adds a lot. It adds like probably a month or two of time. Well, it, it adds a lot of work and yeah, that's actually a pretty smart choice to, to ask backers. Cause if it's not something that they're really looking for in your product, if it's not really adding any quality of life to yeah. the product, then why bother if it's well, that and, much and I'm not doing the limited editions, which is another because there's limited editions for all these. A lot of them are visual novels, and all the visual mm-hmm. novels have like two or three editions in Japan. And I'm not doing all that. Um, that's too much work, and it's also not really publicized too well. There's not it's not curated anywhere, um, and so that probably makes it the most interesting part. By the way, but it true, makes, yeah, that, that from a preservation standpoint, I mean, you're doing a service. But on the other side, I don't collect any of that. Um, yeah. If it's not English friendly and not English friendly, but playable, even without knowing Japanese, then I'm sure. probably not going to collect it for myself. So it makes it less interesting for me mm-hmm. personally. Um, but 
I also, um, I finished a section in the complete Genesis yesterday. I finished the bullshit sports game section, um, which is literally going and it's like box art screenshot, all the stuff for every single game, including how many players there are um, and developer and, and publisher. And the developer and publisher is the developer portions is not curated real well. So I, it required yeah. a lot of research. Um, Cause it's like, Oh, accolade is the publisher and developer. And it's like, it's not really accolade. It's tier tech or it's high score productions or like who did the, and it, and it really like, there's multiple websites that all say something different. So um, Sega retro is going to be my default 90% of the time, unless it just doesn't seem right. Um, like, like Sega retro is, is who I'm going to give credit in my book to. Yeah. Sega me. retro is an awesome repository. Yeah. That'll be my typically who I'm using as a source for a mm-hmm. lot of that. Um, cause Nintendo age was always my source for the first two Nintendo and super Nintendo books. Sega age, um, is gone, but wasn't as curated. Um, yeah. but I, I did get all the information originally from Sega age. It's just not perfect. Um, and so Sega age went the way of the Nintendo age realm. So it's not, but Either way, though, that means that all I have left now is because um, I have all the licensed Genesis games done U.S. I have now all the bullshit sports. So now I got to do PAL exclusives and then I go to Japanese and then I go to home. Like, I'm still going, man. It, this book is going to take a while. Yeah, dude. Um, and I haven't written the PAL exclusives yet, so I got to write, do a lot of writing again. So I get to do some writing again, which is good. <laughs> yeah, and, and selfishly, I, I love that you're working on this stuff too. Because uh, I mean, I've got like quite the uh, the video game book library um, on my shelves, and always adding another Wittenhagen book is uh, is a good thing to have. Dude, dude this one was really done. This one was insane, and I mean, I was training at the Drill Sergeant Academy when I originally templated out the Genesis book. <laughs> and now that was when I just became an E7. Now I'm about to become an E9 in the army, like two giant senior <laughs> enlisted ranks that I've went through and I'm Crazy. still working on the damn Genesis book. That's where it's like, do I go PlayStation or do I go turbo? I'm probably going to go turbo. Cause that's more of a passion. Oh, dude, dude, definitely do turbo. Yeah, definitely do turbo. But it's like, it's everything I'm going all of the, yeah. Thing. Oh like, yeah. dude. Japanese, everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be way more fun to do. Um, also, if you think about it, like then if I have a certain someone replace all the imagery with high resolution, then I have them as well. <laughs> yes, this is true. Yeah, I have so many repositories of imagery that I've taken pictures of. Um, some of the times, though, sometimes um, there was not a image that was resourced from from a source that I could get, and I had to take the pictures myself. Yeah, that, I, I ran into the same a thing lot. whenever I was doing my console book. Like, I, I even bought like a light box so that I could like get you know buy the console, set it all up, take professional pictures, and then you know crop out the background and put it in my book. And yeah, dude, like uh, the struggle is real for us because <laughs> it's not always readily available. So we have to take it upon ourselves to like uh, do the manual labor. Well, and there's some stuff that, like, I know um, in the aftermarket section in your volume four of your book, you didn't have imagery. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure, like, Christian Dietering has those games at his house. He could probably mm. take a picture for you real quick. He's well, going, he's actually the one who sent me all that stuff. So, it, yeah, if if it's not in there, then there was a reason for it. But uh, now that you mention it, we'll, we'll probably re-engage just well, in case. 
and having like Mario Kart R, I think was one of them. Um, well, I have I have a picture of that one. Okay, because I'll but need that. Like, but it's not. It doesn't have the because that was Time Walk, right? Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. have the Time Walk logo on it. It has the original logo, what they did at the very beginning. Because I think Mario Kart R was one of the first ones. But I just yeah. have an image. Like it's not anything great. It's not anything high resolution. No, that's why you know something's better than nothing, right? So exactly. But like and, that's the thing though is that like a lot of these um aftermarket guys they went from doing one standard to another standard. Um, I know Fishy Face uses the Fishy Face logo, but sometimes they mm-hmm. didn't. And yeah. yeah, so it's um it's always fun though. Like book talk is crazy. We're probably boring the hell out of now. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's people. why they, no, they come here. Kidding. They come here no, for no, the say. book talk, man. They come here yeah, for yeah. the book talk, man. No, it's um, but that's the creation though. The art of creation is is fun with that. Um, that was all. We're just talking about news. We went into book shit, project updates. Well, uh, it, you you mentioned the the whole um, like sometimes you can't get uh, the image that you need, and and th- that actually reminds me. I, I was able to tie up a loose end this week um, that I've been working on for years, literal years, because one of the sections is the Watara Supervision, which is a, uh, think of it as a Wish.com Game Boy. Um, it had some decent games. It was just like kind of a knockoff Game Boy system, the dot matrix screen and everything. Yeah, um, screen was okay. The, the artwork for like the blister packs um, Moby Games was the only repository that I could find that had really, really nice uh, scans of those cards. Um, however, Moby Games on their FAQ page, their their frequently asked questions, said that if you need to use more than twenty images, then you need to ask permission. Yep. Well, I, I asked permission like years ago. I sent them an email, never got a response. So, you know, in, in this day and age, everyone's on Discord. So I found him on Discord. I sent the, uh, the main guy a uh, d- direct message, explained myself. Um, somewhere along the line, it got lost in his DMs. Like, you know, it, it just into his junk mail. So he didn't look at it. But then I contacted another mod who kind of poked him. He's like, hey, check your DMs. So someone's trying to get a hold of you. So finally, he saw my DM and approved the uh, the request. So as long as I attribute it to them, which of course I will, um, yeah, then exactly. then I can use their stuff. And that was the only loose end that I had in my book. So I'm I'm super stoked. Like it's good news though. Mm-hmm, um, that's great news. I would have yeah. hated to have to leave that out. Well, and and since we're at project, <coughs> since we're at project updates, um, the complete NES books um, backers have now started to get their books. Yeah, I've been seeing pictures. And, dude, is that foil hologram? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, oh, I want that. I want that. That's so cool. Um, yes. And that's the thing, though, is that it, it has a holographical aspect to it. Um, but a lot of people were, were tagging me, which is awesome. Um, if you backed it and didn't get something correct, like um, one uh, backer contacted me and goes, hey, man, I got two books. Um, I think I just didn't put the number two in it when I uploaded the spreadsheet to the uh, warehouse. So I just sent him another one. Um, yeah. But it's but it's crazy, though, because I can't ship everything from Hawaii, so I have to use a warehouse to ship all my stuff. Um, it caused a bit of a problem, Tristan. Yeah. Nothing got shipped. Uh, 
correctly. And so, um, for example, they're not being shipped like media or whatever it is that you can ship books. So, um, instead of costing like 10 bucks, which is what I charged backers for things, um, one that went from Chicago to Portland cost $60 for one book. And I have, I have an open query with them to fix it because everything is tagged. It's supposed to all ship these, the current way. Um, and then so far, nothing. So everything should show up immaculately because I will absolutely do a claim if something doesn't show up for a backer and they get it damaged. I will claim oh, for the sure, hell out of that because yeah. they had. And now that that is going to cost thousands of dollars that I don't have from the campaign from like a year ago. So yeah. that's fun. But it is what it is. Um, oh, yeah, you got to make it right, unfortunately. So. And in the past, like they have uh, reimbursed me the difference um, because it's their mess up and it's a hundred percent their mess up uh, mm. to ship it all expensively when they're supposed to do media mail. Um, yeah. But I mean, if media mail though, things could show up damaged if they don't package it up correctly, which then I'll ship a backer another copy of a book, which is not a problem, but it's worth that for the thousands and thousands of dollars that the UPS will charge, which is insane. Cause they go weight based man. And my books are heavy. They're like five, six pounds a piece. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I went over 500 pages with the complete NES. Like that sucker, that, that foil, that foil hologram right there. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's shining right there. Um, it yeah, is. I'll be picking up one of those, uh, to make sure you bring one of them with you to, uh, the convention. Cause I'll need to oh, buy one from you. Um, yeah, sure. Like either that or just buy it online. <laughs> I'll do that quicker. too. There you go. Because I mean, I'm only able to send a couple books to the conventions. So that's true. Um, now, if it's available at the end of the convention, which yeah. I don't think so, I no, my, probably not. My, my NES book has never stayed on a table um, ever at a convention. Like it's mm. it's wild. Um, yeah, that that has been my most requested book to reprint for for years, and I got a bunch now. Um, freaking crazy, dude. Um, so back over to news though, I actually did find this was a, a week of, um, hunting down things and I found things from either YouTube channels or Facebook posts. And I found two games I didn't know exist that are really interesting from a retro gaming perspective. Hmm. Um, number one, there is a Bloodborne D make. It's called Bloodborne PSX. Oh, yes, I have heard of this. Yeah, and we've never talked about this. So, essentially, this works on my Steam Deck, which is really cool. Um, It takes Bloodborne. It makes it, like, stupid PlayStation controls. Um, It it can (laughs) add all of the bells and whistles that you had to make it look like an older game. So, it, like, removes bells and whistles to make it look Mm -hmm. retro. And you run through. It's almost like you're playing um, Nightmare Creatures, honestly. That's what it really feels like to me. Yeah, I mean, PSX, uh, obviously. Oh, gosh, I said PSX. You did. So just and you me. even put it in your book as lecturing people. You did it. Shame. The PS1, PlayStation <laughs> 1, uh, it has a very distinct feel, obviously. Yeah. Like polygonal uh, graphics, tank controls. Is that what you're talking about whenever you said that they uh, demade the controls? Is it tank controls? Well, it's um, it's a li- it's not really tanky, but it is. But it also you can't just use the right stick for camera. 
you have to like mm. press L and R to spin the camera, Ooh, which yikes. sucks. But that's an yeah. old school PlayStation mentality. Sure. Before you had before you had analog sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but it it plays well. It looks cool. Um, I definitely want to try it out and and mess around with it a little bit more. But it's um it's a bit, you know, PlayStation One style. So it's it sounds like they they finished the D make because they've been working on it for a minute. I know that, but I don't know it, if it's finished. It plays. Yeah, oh. there's enemies. It's playable. I, uh, I I I don't know about you, but I've never been a Bloodborne um, like uh, Souls like El you know Elden Ring that that sort of uh, fan. I'm, I'm not a masochist, so um, I'm not good enough at it. However, um, the one week I was able to play Elden Ring last year when I was still in Georgia, where my wife was. Um, in school, I was able to play it for a week when she wasn't on the PS5, and um, I played the hell out of it. I enjoyed Elden Ring a lot. Um, yeah. The other one I really liked was Sekiro, which is like the Japanese uh-huh. version. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a Souls like because I went through and beat the first boss and everything, and then I found out it's a Souls like. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to die. I haven't even died yet. That's yeah, really Se- weird. Sekiro. Something dies twice. I can't remember what dies twice, yeah. but something dies twice. But um, yeah, those I I enjoy the thought of them um i don't have the time to get Mm -hmm. good uh Mm -hmm. because it's just nature of the beast with projects and work right now um maybe once i'm you know retired from the military i'll have some some time to just like pencil in like long gaming sessions um and i mean tears of the kingdom last year proved like when i want to make time i will yeah but, but like Priorities are priorities too, um, dude. And I, I was just thinking about this. Tears of the Kingdom is uh, like if I jumped into that game right now, uh, it, it like it, it would be like if I didn't even like miss a beat. That game was so good, and there's still so much content that I haven't done. Like I could probably like get dive lost. right back into yeah, get lost into it again. <laughs> it yeah, was just- that good. I think I only stopped because it was just like, I, there was no end in sight. Um, Cause I mean, I had beaten the game already, but like, it was more like, Oh, I'm just going to go continue to explore and get all the seeds. And yeah, I didn't, I, I got all the, the light, uh, the light roots and, and stuff like that. But I, I didn't do all the shrines. Didn't do all the shrines. I was closer um, to all the shrines than the light roots, but I was yeah. like, I was splunking. I was doing all the stuff. I just did it little mm-hmm. by little. And I hadn't even scratched the surface, ironically, of the um, up in the sky. I hadn't really done the sky yeah. at all. Like I literally just did the um, the man, ground so and the good. underground. It's it fun, so good, man. It's just, but the thing is, is that like that is. So I will make exceptions, but like when it comes to infinite games out there, and there literally are infinite games, um, I'll do it when I want to do it. Yeah, I call those, uh, and, and Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth will be one of those games. I, I like to call them life-consuming games. Um, and, boy, you got to be choosy about those, especially when you have a lot of work on your plate. So, Well, I remember last time, Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, Andrea allowed me to play it. And mm-hmm. I would play it on the TV, and I was allowed to jump in. Um, but it's normally like the PS5 is always running with uh, streaming 
shows and stuff. Oh, I see. Um, So I was allowed to. Whereas um, I did play, you know, I still want to play 16. Final Fantasy 16 is awesome. It's badass. Um, I'll I'll probably end up doing like I did with 15. 15, I I didn't even play until like three or four years after it was out. Um, I still had no interest in 15. I played it a little bit. No, it ain't that. But 16 Mm. is fucking awesome. Like it feels like an epic Game of Thrones old school. It it does. Dude, the combat, I've seen a lot of streamers play it. Um, The combat really looks intimidating uh, on the surface. They got baby mode, man. You can add these little charms where it allows you to, yeah, I used baby mode the whole time. It's like, cause like you got these little charms and it helps you with the combos and shit. So you don't got to worry about it. So then you can just play like Final Fantasy seven. It feels like Final Fantasy seven, the way that I had it. Yeah. Oh, it was badass. It was badass. Um, Yeah. And I, I mean, like there, there was an accessibility mode on Final Fantasy seven remake, uh, that was like an easy, there was an easy mode and there was a harder mode. I played on the easy mode. I I just wanted to enjoy myself. I want to say I played on the normal mode or whatever. I didn't do the easy mode. I did not do the easy mode for seven. I think they called it like classic and something else. And I played on the classic mode. Oh, um, yeah. So I'll have to look and see what I did. I don't, remember i don't think i did i didn't do the easy mode i know that um but i'm i'm like my your your wife is is somewhat of a gamer yeah i mean she plays games on her own grand theft auto animal crossing um Dreamlight valley uh Mm -hmm. sims roller coaster tycoon those are her her games yeah for for me my wife not a gamer at all i will never ever in my life find her playing a video game uh you know, on her own, like, you know, I, I'm not going to come down to the basement. She's not going to have like PS PS five on playing a game. Uh, but she loves to watch me play Epic games like tears of the kingdom or final fantasy seven or like, you know, anything like that. So, um, this is going to be another one of those cases where she's going to like enjoy the hell out of watching me play. So I'm looking forward to that aspect too, because, yeah, as someone who's not a gamer, she just enjoys the movie aspect of, of these kind of epic games. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, I mean, I didn't buy it yet, but Marvel <coughs> Don- Mario vs. Donkey mm. Kong came out. So, yeah. you know, so I haven't bought it yet, though. Um, and then the other piece of news, the other thing that I found, besides for the Bloodborne PSX remake, is there is a spiritual successor slash sequel slash 3d d make of celeste that is out there really there is and it's created by them and there's it's a, it's a mario 64 style so celeste oh interesting 64. yeah so that kind and, of a 3d and it's for free on itch.io and it <laughs> plays on steam deck and it's literally um 3d celeste and it plays exactly how you would think it should play and I die a lot because I'm misjudging my jumps right now, but, um, it's really, really freaking cool. And it, and like, if that was released on N64 back in the day, like that would have been an epic game because it, it does everything right. Um, and it's funny too, it's cause you got to get the, um, the goal is to get all of the, um, strawberries, um, as you're going. And when you get it, it does almost like, uh, when Mario got the star in Mario 64, Like okay. it does like a little 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 tune, um, and this is after Celeste is over, where where she's back over on the mountain just exploring around, and there's actually a story to it and everything. So it's actually like a canon almost. It feels it feels canon. Well, that's neat. Like, really cool though. 
Yeah, I wonder if they'll ever uh, like actually release it as you know an official game. Well, I mean, it is a game per se. They might put it on Steam. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you said it's on HIO already, so exactly. It's already out I there. Mean, I mean, that's something where um, you know, as we begin to create um, big box releases at premium, maybe that's stuff that we reach out to and be like, hey. Um, can we license or do a physical version of Celeste 64 just to make yeah. fun packaging and do a manual and everything? That'd be super cool. Stuff like that, I think, would be would be rad. Um, same thing with Bloodborne PSX. Like, if whoever uh, that one, I don't know if it's done by the developers, whereas Celeste is. So, if it's done by the developers, I think that that is a, a really cool thing to do. Should reach out and get Power World. <laughs> Hell world. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Well, that one's hilarious too, because it's not everybody's like, Oh, it's a uh, taking from Pokemon, all this like, so did Digimon. So what? Oh yeah, no, I, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's just um, funny. But, uh, I, I don't like, you know, like uh, Nintendo, I, I don't want that. I, I have Sauron on, on us. No, definitely not. Um, so, so with the uh, the pickups this week, I only got one thing, mm-hmm. and it is where the talk me out of it, Tristan failed me. It's great. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> it's something that I got in the mail, um, and it finally came in. It is this big sucker. Is that what I think it is? This is the duo. Yes. So I got the the Japanese version, which is the white one. So it looks like my dual R, which is why I got it. Um, Now, why is this a horrible, horrible buy for me right now in 2024, Tristan, in Hawaii? Uh, Because your entire uh, collection is not in Hawaii. Correct. I have no way to play. I have no games to play on this thing. Yeah. mm -hmm. Um, It's ironic. Um, I don't know, and I have to check if I've gotten in any aftermarket homebrew games um, since um, I've been out here for the Turbo Graphics or Turbo Duo, or because like the CD games usually is what comes out. I don't think I have. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I've gotten is Saturn Dracula X. Um, outside of that, like, I don't. So yeah, I don't I have no thing to play, so this sucker is going to stay sealed. <laughs> uh, but it's so pretty to look at. And my scope creep of analog duo, ironically, because they added the FPGA core on the analog pocket yeah. um for it, is that I have the repository of all the games that I wanted to play on the, the PC engine C D and the Turbo C D, mm. and none of those games worked. So I gotta like oh. no troubleshoot like okay how do i get them to work did i just download the wrong file type and mm-hmm. can i convert what i have or do i have to re like do all that again i don't really want to do that again so yeah i was just talking to someone yesterday at uh oh, i can't go with an episode without saying ben's game zone, ben's game um, zone. <laughs> yeah uh so i was at ben's game zone yesterday and somebody said that they got their um analog pocket adapter for the turbo graphics in the nice. mail. I didn't realize that they were shipping those out. So that means that mine should be uh, on its way to me. I want to say I already have all my adapters. 
like back mm. in the day, unless something wasn't made yet. Um, uh, the Neo Geo Pocket Color one wasn't made yet. That one was delayed. Because I, I bought all of them initially, but I've mm-hmm. moved so many times that Analog's probably going to ship it to like two addresses ago at this point. I'll just have oh to boy. come back. Yeah. Like, hey, um, yeah, I don't have this. I, don't, I haven't lived there in, in years, people. Um, it's also why, like, I see all these cool-ass games coming out, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I really want to get H-A-A-K, Hawk, from Super Rare Games. That sold out, apparently, in 30 minutes, by the way. The whole game sold out in 30 minutes on Super Rare. Um, I was like, that's freaking awesome. Congrats, Super Rare. I would love to own that, but I'm going to move in, like, mo- in a couple months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh- yeah, you're you're in this weird place where like you know that by the time something comes out, it's it's you're going to be chasing like you know your your new mailing address. It's it's just it's so annoying. Well, and it's while I you know stopped promoting and and um, stopped supporting Limited Run when they did the mm-hmm. whole thing with their um, social media manager and everything. Yeah. Um, also, though, like things that I pre-order take two years and I'm going to move two times in two years. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to pre-order anything. I'll buy it from a website and aftermarket, a third party, a Ben's game zone. Um, yeah. I will buy it from another company later and I might have to pay extra ironically, but um, I can't do any pre-orders for anything that doesn't ship within like less than a year. So like premium, we ship within a year. Super rare does ship pretty fast. So mm-hmm. um, I would have probably gotten that one, but I was at work and it was sold out while I was at work. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was another that, that just reminded me um, because like uh, I, I backed the Kickstarter a couple years ago. Did you back Ayudin Chronicles? The, yeah. the spiritual successor to Sweet Coden, basically. Um, okay. Um, they put out a Kickstarter update, and man, I really wish I would have uh, like um, confirmed this before we went on the podcast, because I, I hate saying something like this if it's not true. So please forgive me if I'm wrong or if, if I'm getting I'm bad intel. Um, but the uh, director passed away. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's sad. Um, but I, I think, you know, the game was far enough along that it's probably not going to affect it coming out um, that much. Um, you know, you, I, first and foremost, you know, I feel for um, him and, and his family and anyone, you know, who's dealing with that loss. It's crazy. Um, but you know it's it's video game news, and then that's you know a Kickstarter that's been out there for a few years now. Um, and anytime like there's a disruption like that, that's just you know something that's noteworthy. So yeah, and I was looking on the feed. I don't see it at the top of the feed. I don't know if I maybe I didn't back it. Maybe I just followed it. Mm. There's a bunch of projects too that I'll follow because I I backed hundreds of projects. Yeah, and it's just I. Some of them I do. I got a code in for a game um, this week. I think it was Lords of Exile. Mm. Got a code in the mail for. Um, I also cool. noticed uh, another game that came up for pre-order. Um, I want to say it was Picks and Love. Maybe. I could be wrong. But um, Astabros and Demons of Astaborg have a combo pack now. Physical oh, release wow. for Switch coming. Which I think is rad. Um, Astabros is awesome. It's a Sega Genesis 
um roguelike metro advantage like it's it's really 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 cool um cool. and so that getting physical preservation it already had individual but now it's getting a double pack um which again leads to last week where we were talking about should we should games be preserved multiple times when they're already preserved yeah um debatable <laughs> absolutely debatable exactly um I, I, you know, like b- before last week, I didn't know that the that Annapurna uh, collection actually sold out. I'm pretty, pretty surprised at that price point that it did. But you know, um, maybe it's just uh, I, I underestimated the the popularity of of that uh, their games. Um, I don't know. Just crazy. Well, and like, there's also uh, you know, it's like a, a ten them. pack on Switch. You know, that's kind of insane. Well, the other piece is, is sometimes if it's a low amount, like people just buy Teresa. Yeah. So, um, so uh, what did you get in? The mail? What did I get in? Oh, yeah. I did say that I got one. It was a very slow week. Um, and this was one that uh, I learned about while doing my book. I had no idea that this even existed. But I'm a huge fan of Left 4 Dead. I didn't Ooh. know that there was a Game of the Year edition nice. on the Xbox 360. So uh, this came in at Ben's Game Zone. On uh, Wednesday, and uh, I picked it up. Well, and and that actually could lead ourselves to an episode in the future where we talk about it. Um, The Game of the Year edition conundrum, where Mm. do you want to have the original version of Left 4 Dead, or do you want to have the Game of the Year where it actually has everything when all the servers are gone, you can't download the updates anymore? That's exactly right. So it is a interesting piece because that really didn't start until much, much later. But there are examples of games that had updates on a cartridge, non-promoted. So yeah. mm-hmm. there are games that have a better version later. I mean, hell, even Super Mario World had a better version released later where it had a different sprite for Luigi. I did not know this. The sprites were mirrored in the original Super Mario Neat. World. If you play the Super Mario World Mario All-Stars double pack that came with the Super Nintendo console, that version has a different sprite for Luigi. Wow. So, so technically it's a better version, an upgraded version of the game. You get Luigi DLC on it. <laughs> Here's a little fun fact. <laughs> I've, I've got a little fun factoid kind of like that. Um, there was a different version of Japanese Tetris on the Game yeah. Boy that had a uh, different. Uh, it was either A type or C type music, but um, the iconic yeah. one is missing mm-hmm. from the yes. Japanese one. Yes, yeah. the better the better music is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, is the the classics. Yeah, the um do 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 that one's missing from the 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 one I used all the time when I played freaking Game Boy Tetris. Yeah. Um, What's wild is NES Tetris keeps on getting beaten now that somebody hit the kill streak. Yeah, yeah, dude, I was just watching that stuff too. We talked about it. Um, Now that um, somebody's hitting the kill screen, now um, one of the classic gamers, so there's Dog and Andy, uh, brothers. Dog yes. is the is the champion. Mm-hmm. Andy's his brother. Never beat Dog except for like one time now. But Andy um, just smashed the record. And what he did with the record was unattainable. So essentially, once you get to the high speeds, once you get over level 20, it's like near impossible to play. But with their new techniques, they can actually play and manipulate and move the, move the 
pieces fast and they're freaking mm. genius kids. Um, but he scored more Tetrises in the later levels than has been thought possible. And even in the ultimate levels, he is getting Tetrises. And so I don't think anybody's going to be able to touch his ass. Like nobody's gonna be able to touch him because he got like eight or nine million points versus a six. Like he's crushed the record mm-hmm. to the point where that is going to stay there until somebody gets lucky at this point. Um, yeah. Cause like his, the way he works. And the thing is he still may not win the Tetris world championships, which is freaking crazy. And the reason yeah, his, being, his brother is this kryptonite. <laughs> well, no, it ain't even that man. The, Tetris World Championships is a different beast than playing for world records and playing for competition play. Um, It is a competition, which means it's knockout, which means you need to perform on stage. So, you know, the fact is I was, you know, one of the commentators for one of the most viral years that the Tetris World Championships had. (laughs) Tetris for Jeff. (laughs) And the thing is, is that um, like Jonah who would win every year wasn't necessarily the top seeded competitor every year, but he would crush people in competition. He kept cool under pressure and he was an expert player all yeah, the time. Mm-hmm, he was mm-hmm. overall the best player in Tetris consistently versus these other guys can jump in and like Andy will jump in and do this awesome ass freaking play. But how many times did he play to get to that one? He probably played a lot of times to get to that one. Whereas his brother his dog is more consistent at competition play. Um, And yes, he'll get beat because Andy beat dog in one of the ones finally too. Um, But um, on the other side is really cool to see all of these different aspects of competition. Um, and I'm tracking that Portland will no longer have the world championships. What? Um, it's going to SoCal gaming expo in the summer. What? I mean, that's sad. Um, um, sad, but it makes sense because Vince who runs it and Steve DeLuca who help facilitate it. All live in mm-hmm. Cali. Everybody lives in Cali. Um, so like they literally can just run it where they're at. It's probably a lot Gotcha. Um, and it'll be in the summer, which would be fun. Summertime, SoCal, fun. Um, yeah, so dirty Los there. Angeles. I don't know what dirty Los Angeles. Oh, you're doing uh, sports ball things. Oh, dang straight. Always. That's right. Always. Uh, Always. I wear <laughs> dirty Los Angeles. Stupid Dodgers. Yay, sports ball, Tristan. I, yeah, well. I'm not from I'm not from California. I'm from Chicago, and the teams typically suck. It's okay. It's it's a it's a rivalry that goes back for a century, and uh, it's uh, it's hit a fever pitch because uh, the 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 Dodgers have uh, done something in the off season that uh, have u- upset baseball and are probably going to change the rules to to free agency. But I digress. <laughs> this is not a sports podcast yay sports ball unless we talk about ken griffey jr baseball uh which was awesome yay sports ball <laughs> i'll play nba jam because you can do on yeah. fire flip to flips and play yeah combat characters he's on fire yeah i'll play that i ain't mm. gonna yeah i'm not much of a a sports ball player it's um, okay yeah I mean, even even when we watched the Super Bowl, we watched it for the commercials, and we chose the team mm-hmm. that had the better entrance music because they came. Um, and <laughs> they, they did not win, but they came out to Metallica. Mm. Yeah, not the Chiefs. The Chiefs came out to an old chant, which 
was hilarious. I hate but, that so much. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> like people can have fun, man. Because if if you hate on other people, man, you're going to disillusion them because they're a fan of them. Now yep. every single LA fan hates you now, Tristan, and they're going to stop watching. And that's podcast. okay. That's no, fine. No, it's not. No, it's not, Tristan. <laughs> okay. You don't have to have a blind faith to a sports team where they make a million. No, it's it, I'm not. I'm not. Point where you I'm a hardcore whole, fan. Yeah, but I'm not going to alienate anybody. I've got friends that are Dodgers fans, so we can get along, people. Hmm. We can get along. Hmm. <laughs> I just want I world know. peace, Jeff. I just want world peace. You can't when there's competitive sports out there. True. We just go back to um, you know, murdering people, and we just go back to ancient Spartan times, and everybody dies. Oh yeah, like the Aztecs, and like uh, yeah, exactly. Where, where the, the winner, winner or loser gets sacrificed. Yeah, exactly. Just no, we just it's just all murders. And why would you play <laughs> sports. sports at that point? You don't. Like you just, my gosh, you wouldn't play sports. The actual sport is murder. You just kill each other. Yeah, <laughs> let's go back to olden times, man. Let's go back to olden times. We, um, need, we, we need Smash TV is what we need. Exactly. So um, have you been playing anything besides for our homework this week? Did you play anything crazy? Uh, only stuff that I can't talk about because it's, you know, like testing. Well, but, I uh, mean, there we'll, were a, a couple of really cool ones. Like We'll that, talk that. about um, some of the testes, the testicles. Um. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't talk specifics, but there was an RPG with a really cool gimmick. And you know what I'm talking about. Um the combat was super cool. Uh, the, the I really liked the story. You you saw my my write up on Trello, but well, that um, was a, a funny one because um, sometimes on our team um, they only get so many codes, and I yeah, just you didn't get one. one. Yeah, I was like, I'll go with Tristan's uh, review. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I was like, no, I really liked it. That's cool. I really really enjoyed that one. Look, so I'm I'm hoping we end up getting that. Um, and then the other one that you didn't quite dig, um, I actually yeah. didn't mind, but it's because uh, it's a game with roguelike aesthetics and you get to choose your character class at the beginning and it has mm. like action RPG elements, which was cool as shit. That could be like any one of a thousand games, by the way. Um, but um, I played my first build and I was like, oh, this game sucks. Like I get what Tristan's saying. Um, mm. But then they have these like daily and weekly challenges. So I went to the daily challenge. Oh, that's true. Um, I never tried that. And when I went to the daily challenge, it gave me a character that had like these claws and I was going through and I was leveling up and I was having fun. And I was like, oh, okay, this is fun now. Because the first one, I was like, I don't like this at all. I kept mm. dying. It sucked. I leveled up a bunch of times. I got a bunch of extra gear, magic, all this cool shit. And I was like, okay, this has something. So I, I actually gave it an extra point, a grade points uh, because of that. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, and, and actually, like one of my criticisms was that the UI was really difficult to navigate with a controller. Still is. Um, yeah. Uh, and, it well, wasn't, it, and it wasn't the UI that I had an issue with because that was fine. I don't give a shit. It was more so um, one of the attack buttons I had to touch the screen to activate. Um, it didn't put it to a button. So like you get like these magic powers or these abilities and they're mm -hmm. all like, you get like two, three, four, and you can buy them and progress them and upgrade them. But you can't just hit a button to do the damn ability. And you can't press a button like on the top, like you would toggle between the abilities, like you wouldn't any other game. You have to go and like touch it. And then it brings up a field of view and then you can use oh. it. 
And so that's why, like, my first build was a magic summoner build. And when I summoned the characters, I would have to do that every time. And it was annoying as shit. Um, yeah. And it was the same thing with the moving around. If you use the analog stick to move around, you have to tap the A button to move around. Yeah, if you, no, which is what I did. Yeah. But if you use the D-pad, you just run around. Oh. So that was much better. Um, and then I think Barry was saying they, they flip-flopped that on the Switch or messed it up on the switch huh? yeah so um like yeah and, and barry actually like uh he he gave me a switch code so i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out and kind of like compare and i'm gonna give it a second chance but well and one thing i've noticed is that barry will play a game not put any comments and then argue every single issue that any of us ever have just to be an a-hole about it so i'm like i ain't gonna test anything if he's just gonna get to def- a river in egypt and be in denial or be defensive on the stuff because i'm like <laughs> Uh, he's been pretty good. Uh, to be fair, he's been pretty good. Maybe it's just you, Jeff. Maybe he just wants to argue with you. Maybe he, he hasn't does. done that too too much with me. Yeah, as I guess I'm. I don't argue enough on there, so he just wants somebody to argue with or whatever. And now we we love you, Barry. We love you. It's so funny. Like I don't care enough to argue on anything. I'm just putting my comments in. And it was yeah, like, no, I, it, yeah, you can't no, argue no, with and, someone's and opinion. It it's and your it ain't opinion. just me. It ain't just me because he'll go on tangents with Ryan and it's hilarious because like you aren't going to change our minds, Barry. And mm-hmm. like, he'll go and try to change Ryan's mind on him liking a game. He's like, dude, I fucking hate it. Oh, well, have you t- no dude. I hate it. Oh, but, but this, uh, no dude. I hate it. Like he kept like Ryan keeps on doing it and it's hilarious. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I just eat my popcorn and watch. And when he tries doing it with me. I'm like, no dude, I don't care. <laughs> like, like it don't work. Eh? Like, um, so yeah. I, I, um, did play a game and I blame you for it. Oh, um, and I got obsessed with it and it started yesterday. Um, I downloaded and finally put on my steam deck, uh, pit cross 3d round yeah, two. Nice. Very cool. Um, round two is a little different because it adds uh, two colors. Now, um, there's a blue and an orange and the orange color, um, will take pieces and make some weird shapes. So like the blue is like solid squares. Um, which the first game, if I recall correctly, was all squares. Like it was all pixelated looking Picross stuff. Now it does like, it'll do like corners, circles, orbs, like other types of things. Um, and so it, you have to, you're basically doing double to Picross on the game. Um, but, um, I'm playing the hell out of it. I think I'm in level 16. Uh, and like that's 16, not 16, boards 16 levels of boards so i played the shit out of it all night while i'm sitting there and um it's interesting too because when you play um on the steam deck you're using the 3ds emulator and so it's a screen single screen and the emulator you i make the touch screen because that's where you see all of the the pit cross stuff i make that large and i have a small one of the main screen you can tap the trackpad and it'll pop it'll swap them if i need to okay yeah um but the game's all touch screen it's a whole touch game and you rotate it with your finger or the mouse, but the finger. Um, and then you just press the, hold the D pad to mark the, the colors that you need to mark the blue or the, the orange and then, mm-hmm. or, or smash them with the hammer. Um, it's very, very good. And then you can also mark ones. Like you can mark safe ones like you do in Picross, but now you have to do it times two. So this is like a mastery level of freaking mental games and mental agility games, but I've been enjoying the shit out of it. Um, 
it doesn't seem like there's a time limit when you play. You do get rewards based on how fast and how little mistakes you make. Um, and then there'll be like a whole level where they're all time based or there's a level of um, like different puzzles. So to be like, all right, it gives you a line of ones and they got two blue blocks. What's your next move? And you got to figure out what your next move is. And yeah. so um, really cool. I enjoyed the first 3D pit cross. I don't know if I ever fully beat the first 3D pit cross. So if mm-hmm. I go and finish and beat this one, maybe I'll go back and, and emulate the first one since I don't have my my games here for the 3ds. I have a 3ds. Yeah. I don't have I don't have pit cross here, um, gotcha. and so I can play it. But either way, I blame you. Is is fun. <laughs> well, you. It's, I know that I brought up pit cross. But uh, it was it was someone in the chat that brought up Picross three two, um, which reminded me that uh, I needed to check. We have a chat. chat. Actually, yeah, Let's so check Je- the chat. Yeah, Jesse actually said that uh, we caught him on his delivery, um, but nice. he's uh, he's still losing sleep to vampire sur- survivors. He, he said that about a half hour ago. Sorry about that, buddy. Hey, um, hey, let's let's give uh, let's give Jesse a, a hint on something. Um, when you do the um. The spring, when you watch the spring direct for premium, you're welcome. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, um, the, something that we're going to announce has is obsessed me with more time than Vampire Survivors has. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> like, it's so good. Um, you're welcome, Jesse. <laughs> There's your hints, man. There's your hints. You're funny, man freaking cool um yeah we got anything else going popping in the chat right now or is no just, he just said he's doing the dishes saying, now hey. people <laughs> saying hey and what's yep. it yeah uh jesse's a good one because he was part of our secret santa which was fun heck yeah um, yeah, it was super yeah fun. it was a good one um and anytime i go around and i see pogs i post that over and <laughs> somewhere where I think he hits me up either it's either Discord or Facebook, but I hit him up and I'm like, "Hey, I found more pogs." Um, so shall we jump into the game of the episode? Yeah, let's do that. Nice. So this one was a game that uh, Tristan wanted us to uh, check out, um, basically, and try to compare it to Contra. And the game is Midnight Resistance. Mm. Um, I'll lay the wallpaper. I was getting it ready. Um, Midnight Resistance is a side-scrolling run-and-gun game produced by Data East and released in the arcades in 1989. Midnight Resistance is set in a dystopian future where the player controls a member of a resistance movement who goes on a mission to rescue his kidnapped family from a drug kingpin um the version that tristan wanted us to play was for the sega genesis um however i played both the sega genesis and the arcade me too i did too and i will give you feedback on how well or how well it did not do Mm -hmm. on steam deck Um, but i played the um, genesis version on the analog pocket which caused another Hashtag scope creep from Tristan. I, I appreciate it, Tristan, my scope creep. Because I did not have all the Sega Genesis games on my analog pocket. Uh, so mm-hmm. then I went down a giant scope creep of every single Genesis game. Um, so I could get Midnight Resistance on there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. A worthy game. Um, it was ported to the Sega Mega Drive, Sega Genesis in 1991. Um, and it was Daddy's first game for that console, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, what is your f- uh, experience with the resistance of the midnight? So Midnight Resistance, and I'll go back to uh, my first exposure to it. It was one of the games that um, I would sit there and watch the attract mode a lot of times. And occasionally my, my mom would like kick me a quarter or whatever whenever she was doing grocery shopping. That was uh, one of the arcade machines um, right next to Rolling Thunder and a Neo Geo cabinet and road blasters but anyway yeah they they, there was just like a small section in our safeway grocery store um of some arcade machines and i remember midnight resistance being one of those and i loved like running guns because i i you know contra was out it was awesome like but midnight resistance i thought was so cool because you like collected the keys and then like you go to that armory and you can like unlock and get uh like stuff to like upgrade for the next level and I totally didn't realize that the keys are what unlocked the armory. I thought it was a points-based thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd show up to a, like the armory, and I'm like, I can't get anything. What the hell? I like killed a lot of things. And yeah, I'm like, really? Yeah. Um, so where where I didn't remember is the Genesis version is a lot different than the uh, the arcade version, and that's just because of the controls. I mean, like, yeah, the porting isn't one-to-one either. Uh, I was disappointed to see that, like, they didn't uh, transfer over, like, the the voices. So, like, you know, whenever you, like, go into the armor, it's like, choose your weapon in, in the arcade, but it doesn't say anything in the Genesis. No. Um, but, like, uh, just, like, heavy barrel. I'm going to read from this. Like, uh, it, it does a good job of uh, describing the the controls like heavy barrel the rotating joystick command mechanic couldn't quite be translated to consoles so this port offers two options there's no way to fire your gun manually instead you simply press a to turn on auto fire or off which i like Uh, yeah which is cool uh but holding b lets you lock your fire in a specific direction which gets a little confusing at times like especially when there's a lot of stuff on screen um, on the other setting, pressing B will rotate your aiming clockwise or counterclockwise, depending on the sub setting you choose in the option menu. I which is a terrible. Like yeah, it's terrible. That reminds me of the um, the shoot 'em up where you're the two characters in. Uh, is it? It's not fortified zone. It's one of those for mm-hmm. the uh, NES. It's NES uh, shoot 'em up where you're, you're the flying characters and you just rotate your freaking shots. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, I, I hate, hate that, that too. Um, I actually didn't mind the controls with the auto fire and then the lock in position. I'm used to the lock in position from super metric. Sure. And so I could do it pretty fast, pretty accurately. Um, ironically, um, the coin ops that I have on the steam deck for midnight resistance, the arcade, the rotating controls, freaking suck and they don't work yeah. on the oh, no. so, so i'll hit the button and it'll randomly change it to a different spot uh, not, not one-to-one where i'm pressing so I, I would sit there and i could get through the shit why could i get through the shit because the infinite continues but i got to the point um with all the gears later where you're fighting the, the multiple gear section and i just i just stopped playing i was getting it was just annoying because i couldn't i couldn't concentrate my fire so um, yeah, and right. I know I know what gears section you're talking about. Like that's and brutal if it's you can't near the end too. Yes, um, uh-huh. I was right before they showed my family getting captured. Um, but um, 
<laughs> I've got a comment about that. But the controls on the Genesis, I thought were great. Um, and it really does feel like um, Contra to me from a playing it on the Genesis for the first time in many years. Like I don't remember playing mm-hmm. it as a kid and just dying, but knowing that it was on me and that I could get better yeah. and mm-hmm. I could carve through. Like I feel like if we had infinite time and we were going to make this like a game that we would just play for a week solid without any other distractors, like you and I would have like been able to get through master the shit out of this thing and yeah, play like co-op one like, credit clear or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like we could, uh, we could easily like, it feels like one of those games, which is very on par with Contra. Mm-hmm. So what was your favorite weapon? Um, I want to say, let me think about which one I really liked because like, there's like the little spread one, right? Yeah. The spread shot is always a favorite. Like and it's it was so awesome. Cool. Um, I want to say there was something else that was more like laser focused. Yeah. It was, uh, the flamethrower. Yeah. I liked that one a lot just mm-hmm. because it had more of a focused shot, but there was another one that was just like overpowered that I used to a blue. Well, I think blue. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, the thing that I forgot about, uh, midnight resistance is that like, there's a, it, there's a, a power up that you can get that can supercharge. Like any, one. any one of your, um, weapons that you already have. So like it'll make your spread bullets like super huge. It'll make your flamethrower super huge. It'll make yeah, it, it just like overpowers like whatever you've got. And once you die, you lose that supercharge, which sucks. Um, but uh, at the time, man, it's freaking awesome to have. And I totally forgot about that. Like I love that aspect Dude, of cool. it. Um, if Contra had something like that, oh buddy, I I like, did note crap. in my in my notes. Um, that I did get to the third level on the Sega Genesis one, whereas I got all the way to the gears on the arcade one. Um, And I just stopped because um, it, and I just watched a video after that because it's an arcade game. Um, It's like right before the bad guy kidnapped my family. And then there's a battleship and the end boss looks like Jason X, which is hilarious. (laughs) Like, yeah, like. I mean, the controls were, if the controls worked, it, it would have been so much cooler. And I bet if I could tinker with the controls, um, or if it like, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's how coin ops on the, uh, is set up on the steam deck versus if I played it on a raspberry Pi or something, it might be perfect. Um, sure. But like, I could see though, if it had good controls, man, that shit would be great. The other, Oh God, my favorite boss uh, has got to be that squadron of uh, fighter jets that like it streaks across the sky oh, and so then annoying. like it's so cool though like you you kill some of them and then like wh- whatever's left will streak across the sky again like what a cool touch I thought that was well why I say it was so annoying is because my control sucked Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like I'm sitting there and they're coming by and I'm like I, have to hit a button. <laughs> I, I hit a button to shoot up and all of a sudden I'm shooting down and so then I gotta shoot it to lock it in place I'm like, alright yeah. don't touch the button and then I'm like attacking and so I like literally yeah. was having but I got really good at dodging like not taking damage because of that because yeah. I had to only shoot one way so I had to like I would 
basically carve away at every enemy and every boss's health. It was freaking insane. My, so what my, were you going to say about the family, by the way? Yeah, okay, so that that's my my last comment about this game, and I thought it was hilarious. I totally forgot about it, but at the very end of the game, like, right after you see them, like, you know, like, hanging from some sort of restraints or whatever, you go into what is the armory. This is, like, right before the boss fight, and... Uh, if you don't have six keys, you can't rescue all of them. Like that's so messed up. That's freaking crazy. And they they yeah. have the powers too. Yeah, they, they, they turn into guns. <laughs> Kill your family. Bye, mom. Bye, dad. Like they're all yeah. Dead. Like yeah. Oh no, I only have four keys, and there's six people I have to save. Who do I leave behind? Like gosh, damn. It's freaking crazy, dude. So um, so where do you put this game on a scale of grading that we do here at VGBS? I give it. Uh, it's not in A ter- territory by any means. I I would give it uh, a B minus B. It's a solid B probably, and that's just because um, I the the soundtrack isn't that memorable. It's yeah, it's your like standard Sega Genesis soundtrack, right? With uh, FM synth I, and everything. I think it. I think it slams like the Genesis soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Like you listen to that thing with headphones on, man, with the bass going. Yeah, with headphones would oh, be yeah. different. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, now the um soundtrack for the arcade is not memorable as much because yeah. it, it doesn't hit like the Genesis version of it mm-hmm. is so much better. Which is yeah. what we'll be using for this episode on the podcast that you hear at the yeah. beginning. You'll definitely hear the intro at the beginning, and then there'll be another one at the end of the episode on the podcast version of this. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, I played it on my laser active. Nice. Um, so I, w- I will absolutely give the Genesis version a B. Um, the port that I had on CoinOps, I'm, it's like a C plus C, because just because the controls sucked. Maybe even a D for the controls. Yeah. But if I can probably go in there and modify it, so that's just me being just plug and play. Um, so, but yeah, it's a, it's a B title for Cause we played this for the Genesis. So, um, I definitely give it a B for sure. Yeah. It's, cool. it's cool. It's comparable to, to Contra, man. I love it. I'm glad that, um, you know, we were, we were knocked it out for the podcast. Well, yeah, not a, not a lot of people know about this game. That's the surprising part about midnight resistance. It's like, Freaking you know, wild dude. people love Contra people love those running guns. And, and that one, you know, what you said, it came out in 91. It was ported to the Genesis. Um, yeah, if you didn't see it in the, uh, the arcade, there's a good chance that you missed this title. Exactly. And, and the thing is, is that freaking wild, dude. Um, it is wild. Um, now did you, um, play Cyberlip? I didn't, I did not play Cyberlip. Okay. No. Um, that is why I went into coin ops is so I could play Cyberlip um, okay. as well. And cause if you wanted to play other games that I could have like, easily, um, Booted that up on my MVS too. I'm kicking yep. myself for not doing you that. You could have, you could have, Tristan. Um, yeah. But uh, Cyberlip, I just took a couple quick notes because uh, I just wanted to do it from a comparatory standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. That is my own word. Um, but Cyberlip, uh, you can only shoot left and right, so there's no diagonals. Um, mm-hmm. But what's really cool about it is, you know, obviously the game is designed with that in mind, so there's not any cheap deaths like that you would need to shoot a diagonal for. But yeah. um, Everything is like robots and stuff, which is really cool. Like it has a really badass aesthetic. So I would recommend that maybe in the future we uh, we play that for sure. Yeah, let me write it down yeah, again. Yeah, 
but yeah, Cyber Lip was was a cool, fun one. Um, yeah, I just said played like Midnight or Contra, but only she's left and right, no diagonals. Everything is about robots. Um, but again, it's an arcade game, so we could absolutely just like you know focus on like playing it for a quick one. Um, so for the uh, next bullshit homework, Tristan, um, I think we're gonna go back and do another indie retro randomizer, right? Okay. Um, yeah. So do you want to go standard indie? Do you want to go budget? Do you want to focus on a Metroidvania? Do you want to focus on an action RPG? Because I'm going to hit the, the randomizer button on here and I can choose. Because like, yeah, as we got budget ones, we got backlog ones. And then we got Metroidvanias and we got... Yeah, I mean, dude, like, uh, it, it's been a minute since we played. A, I, I mean, I know we've done a lot of Metroidvanias, but dude, we love them. Okay. So... Yeah, let's let's do like a, a regular Metroidvania. A so in the Metroidvanias, there's 195 titles I have on my hey. deck. So <laughs> I'm going to hit the button and see what comes in. If it sounds like something that's good, we'll 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 select it. If it okay. is um, something that might be harder to get or not, you know what I mean? Then Reroll we'll, or whatever. Or, yeah. or we've already played it for the podcast. Because sure, I yeah. do have Metroidvanias that we've already played. So first one. Devil's Dive. Let's look up Devil's, Devil's Dive. Dive. Devil's Dive. I got to look it up too. Um, so basically, when we do this for the listeners, um, we want to just make sure that it's we don't run into something that um, won't that we be entertaining. <laughs> exactly. Devil's Dive is a budget Metroidvania. It's four dollars on Steam. It's made by 1984 Pixels and was released in 2023. It is absolutely retro style, and it looks like you do a lot of diving, like like going underground. It's very retro, aesthetic looking, with neons and stuff. Mm, okay. um, and there is, let me see, the reviews are overall positive, and it's a roguelite Metroidvania, hellish roguelite that wears his inspirations on his sleeve and smashes them all together. Introduces twin stick action. Um, the game takes the downwell core and introduces twin stick action for unique combat in- encounters. Multiple biomes, end of area bosses, challenge rooms, combo based loot system, unlockable weapons and mechanics, and soft weapon augments and upgrades. So, are we going to do Devil's Dive? I'm on the fence. I'm looking at this right now on Steam, and I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Man. So yeah, and this is where we're like even on the podcast, we'll talk about like what we see with it. And I mean, it looks like some beautiful pixel art, a very dark black aesthetic because you're diving underground. Yeah. Um, and now, obviously, like it almost I, reminds me of a. I mean, like besides besides like the the beautiful like part of it, but downwell. like. If, if you're looking at like the boss fights, it's kind of like ZX Spectrum graphics. Okay. It's weird. Now I'm not watching videos. I'm just looking yeah. at screen. So. Sure, um, sure. I say if we we're contemplating that much, let's re-roll. Yeah, let's re-roll. Let's let's re-roll. Um, the next one. Let me see. I am doing it. <laughs> Castlevania Harmony of Dissidents. <laughs> Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I was saying, like, they all pop up. Um, I would say let's not do a long Castlevania game. Let's go a little more indie. Um, Here's one. Um, I have never played it. It is about a three and a half hour time play. Uh, Gato Roboto. Gato Roboto. 
Gato Roboto. Got a physical on Switch for sure. That sounds cool, actually. It is $8 on Steam. Um, and it was released by Devolver Digital, which means it got a um, special reserve physical release. I'm digging it. Um, I'm digging it. And it has black and white aesthetics. You mentioned that expected. Yeah. Black and white aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another one. So, but this one's straight up um, Metroidvania from what I'm tracking. Um, and you're and a cat robot. You're a freaking What's cat dad robot. Like? So I think I think we got our game. We're gonna play Gato Robota. See, and that's the thing though for everybody who's been you know with VGBS during this new era is that we will you know test things out, but we'll also talk about it before it just in case. So if we don't go to Devil's Dive, um, we're gonna go out Gato Robota. Ironically, Devil's Dive was compared to Downwell, which was also released by Devolver Digital. So this Gato Robota is ironically you know. Uh, another game that's right in there with this so um too funny man should be fun and then what i do here is i will add to bs homework that way i add it to the bullshit homework because i have a whole bullshit homework section in my steam deck of games that we've played on the bullshit homework um because in in the in the future we may do like a a small mini book on it on um bullshit homework and then maybe add continually add to it or who knows um so, uh, do we have anything else for the episode? I think we're we're hitting. I think we kind of squared it off, man. Squared it off, heck yeah! Um, it's gonna be fun to play Gato Roboto. Um, definitely, I do want to get back to Convergence as well. So maybe we'll do that one as like a pick later. Um, maybe because mm-hmm. maybe not next week, but maybe in a few weeks. Um, because Gato Roboto, this would be a good appetizer. Should be able to get it done in a few hours. Because then when Final Fantasy hits, I mean. It's going to hit. It's going to slap. Uh, you're ready, buddy. Um, exactly. Um, might be interesting to do Mario versus Donkey Kong, but I haven't bought it yet. So, I mean. Yeah. And then I got to I gotta go down another rabbit hole, Tristan, of stuff like this. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk that I got yeah. last week, mm-hmm. where I'm pretty sure Bomb Rush Cyberfunk takes up a lot of space because I also have it on deck. And so I got to, like, uninstall games that I have physicals of that take up a lot of space so I can make more space for new games. Um, Because there are tons and tons and tons of games that come out on sale all the time. It is insane. Like, but that's why I like the idea of Bullshit Homework. That's why I I like doing what we do on the podcast because it gives us a time to play games that we may never get to in our lifetime. Like, we may never and, and I mean, we're already well-rounded gamers as it is like, you know, being, being book authors and stuff like that just comes with the territory. But like, yeah, like you said, it's stuff that we might never have touched or even heard about. So um, what's not to love about that? Now I got to put aside Picross 3D mm. round two, like Otto Roboto. Hmm. But I'll, I'll definitely knock out some Gato Roboto. Um, I might also have it on physical. I don't know if I brought it with me or not. Oh, um, wow. Because I got my... Because in here, I put in some of my Metroidvanias in here. And like I have Ender Lilies and games like that. And Ori and After Image and Eldest Souls and all that. Which, not in here. In the Premium Edition Games bookcase. But then also... Like in here, I have it all alphabetically, which Gato would be with an A. So actually, this was G, but this is the end of G. So that's mm. not it. But it's like interesting to see if like I might just have 
Gato Roboto in here, and it'd be funny. Then I'll play it on Switch versus Steam Deck. Yeah, there you go. It'd be even crazier. I do not have Gato Roboto in here. Huh. Mm. Interesting. So maybe I just didn't bring... I've done well, though. <laughs> The, the, the episode where we continually go back to Downwell. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so follow us along for Gato Roboto as we play it for the Bullshit Homework next time. Um, and I do know that uh, we will be having Metroidvania Chronicles Phase 2 uh, going up for Kickstarter probably in the next month or so. I'm finishing up I'm, as I get in. So now that I got in a, a cover mock-up, um, I can make the mock-up cover for the actual book cover version. And then uh, the slipcase, I should have a mock-up. So once I have all that, then I can you know, get the Kickstarter ready because the book's already done. I'm finishing up the last like 60 pages or so like, and then, cause it's a 200 page book, which yeah. is insane that I'm doing a book of zine series that are like 200 page books. That's freaking crazy by the way. Um, <laughs> and then I have a fourth series that, um, that's going to start up along with the complete and the switch collector and the metrovanias because there's a whole other series of books that i did in the past and people have been asking for a second version that's hidden gaming gems yeah um so if i book a zine it and do indie gaming gems which is literally what we do boom and so i could cover games that we've covered on video game bullshit may put the bullshit stamp of approval bullshit stamp i need to, need to create a bullshit stamp <laughs> a of approval bullshit stamp i love it we need we need the bullshit stamp of approval, Tristan. I don't know what that looks like, but we need one. Um, but yeah, so um, what is where can people find your individual versions of the video game collectors guides? Yeah, so right now the book that I'm finishing up. If you actually want an individualized um, list, uh, say you're a dream collab. Dreamcast collector, a Genesis collector, or a PlayStation 1 collector, and you don't want the rest of them, well, you can buy them a la carte um, on vgcollectorguide.com. They are all individually priced. Um, I make them here in my office in notebook style. They look, you know, great. So um, it's something you can actually mark in. Yeah, as a collector, like it's something you can actually mark in. As uh, opposed you did to full page style, right? I did. Full it's full page, yeah. Which is cool because then you literally have like little notebooks that you could take with you when you go to conventions. It's something mm-hmm. you can toss in your backpack and, and carry, which is pretty cool. Um, I think it's a very easy way for somebody to kind of go over their collection, which is which is super rad. Yeah, um, I had someone uh, purchase the um, 3DO one uh, last week. So nice. 3DO collector. And then, of course, we do have Video Game Bullshit Presents the Nest Dev Competition up on um, Hagen's Alley, which, again, Tristan makes in-house. Um, it's mm-hmm. at Hagen'sAlley.com. And now that the NES books have been shipped out, um, I will be putting up and marketing uh, the complete NES definitive edition up on the website for the first time in Very like... Nice eight years and um i will have a few of the uh collectors editions available too because i always print extras 
Um, and so I am going to also make a small amount of those available um, on the website as well for those of you that just don't like Kickstarter. Because I do have a few um, readers that just don't like Kickstarter. And so I always try to keep make a few extras for those that don't really support Kickstarter. Um, the other piece is, is that Josh on our team will is still working on printing the custom controllers. So we have people that backed custom, uh, complete NES controllers. Um, everything is with him. He's got to print them. Um, and we're going to make our own custom controllers. There's one that is literally the Joe Simcoe art of the character blowing all the characters up. And it has like the aesthetic of this cover, the gray aesthetic. And the other one is the NES villains controller. Um, so there are two different controllers that Josh will be printing, um, for backers that backed that tier might be the only time that we do something like that because it might take a while for Josh to be able to get them done. Um, but Mm-hmm. Still fun, still cool. And I ship them separately so that way those backers don't have to wait for their books. They got all their books in. And all the digital book copies have been shipped out too. So super fun, man. Um, and then also over at Hagen's Alley, there's a slew of books. And then the Video Game Console Collector's Field Guide, the Switch Collector Volume 1, Volume 2, Part 1, and 2 are all available at premiumeditiongames.com. Hidden on that damn page somewhere, which eventually will be back at Hagen's Alley with us, Tristan. They'll be with yes. us eventually. Yep. And then we can then we can literally get them out to people and have consolidated shipping prices, which is the really the big thing when we have giant mm-hmm. books that can bludgeon people to death. So, um, <laughs> um, and also though, if you see us in person at game on expo, it is, whoa, it is during spring break. Um, so definitely come hang out. We'll have the books. We'll be there to sign the books. Um, and you might be able to earn your, I survive patch. If you survive with us on the weekend, it'll be fun. Yes, sir. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next time. Later guys. Thank you.